0: All right, so we hearken back to a different time. A different time? With a different kind of show. Hmm. A difference-making show. A difference-making
1: show. hit mm-hmm. parade! <laughs> 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 oh, God. She sounds like Marge Simpson. Yeah. All in the Family All in the Family, yeah, good call I Blanked in the name for a second I know the song How do you not know this song? Everybody. With a with a young Rob Reiner Yes And a young Suzanne No, not Suzanne no, Summers. No, not
0: Suzanne Somers, I forget
1: her oh, name Oh, what's her name? I forget She does a lot of infomercials now, right? I have
0: no idea. I think she does, yeah.
1: But Rob Reiner, who became a, a big director.
0: <gasps> yeah, big time. When um, Harry Met Sally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: so Steve, I never song. watched... I've watched that show only a couple times. Um, I think it came out in the 70s. So, And I never watched it as I got older. But I remember trying to watch it when I was too young to just yeah. get it understand watched, it.
0: Like, my dad would watch it. And I, I remember just thinking Carol o, Archie. That's his name, Carol O'Connor's. Um, Hey, Archie. Yeah, well done. That he was a big jerk, not understanding really the the kind of satirical brilliance of using his character to confront the bigotry Mm. that his character so clearly espoused.
1: And that was the underlying goal of the show?
0: Yeah. Hmm. okay. Well, in addition to make money for the... Well, yeah,
1: but I mean, it, it was to shine a light on that on that kind of well they
0: they tackled quite a few issues they they tackled you know racism and and bigotry in general they yeah. uh they had a quite a few episodes even when i believe archie's wife was uh, assaulted and huh. uh, a black neighbor moved in yep. uh, and in- integrating the neighborhood and yep. i mean it was a it was a very socially conscious yep Show okay, in, in, intentionally so okay. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I've heard about
1: Archie's character and his his bigotry, but not in the sense of that they were intentionally making his character. That's my that understanding way. of it now. Okay.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's what Rob Reiner's and I forget his wife's name on the show. Like they were the. They were always going back and forth, and yep. so so Archie would, would would say something racist or bigoted or homophobic. Yep, and then uh, Archie's yes. daughter and Rob Reiner would, would challenge and challenge and confront. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean that that's that was a big big aspect of the show. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, welcome everybody uh, to Joel and Rob's podcast. We are on chapter twenty-five. Staying alive. Of We Make the Road by Walking. This chapter is titled Jesus, Violence, and Power. You think of violence when you think of Jesus? I do not think of violence. Yeah, me either. I do think of power, though. Do you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This was one of my favorite chapters. Why? We're going to get to it. We're going to get to it.
0: Okay. You no.
1: just hang on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But
1: I don't want to hang on. And so Brian um, uses Matthew chapter 16, verses 13, takes that all the way through into chapter 17, and he's got two main stories here. Mm -hmm. First is the story of Jesus with his disciples in Caesarea Caesarea Philippi. Philippi. Um, And uh, disciples let him know that People have been saying, I've been wondering who Jesus is. Is he Elijah come back? Is he one of the prophets? Hey, Billy, who is this guy? Who is this guy? Um, and Jesus kind of asks a pointed question to Peter, who do you say that I am? Mm-hmm. And Peter responds, you are, I think he says, the, um, Messiah. the Messiah, the son of the living God. Mm-hmm. Um and then right after that, Jesus says, "Okay, great. Well, I'm going to be You're right." He says, "You're right." I yes, yeah, that is who I am. You you chose wisely. Yep, but I'm going to be going to Jerusalem. I'm going to suffer. Um, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And Peter says, "That cannot ever happen. I won't allow it." And then Jesus has very tough words for for Peter and says, "Get behind me, Satan. Get your mind off human things. Your mind is on no get." Your mind's on human things, not on divine, divine things. On divine things, um, and then Jesus kind of slowly talks about just what it really means to follow him, Pick, um, daily taking up your cross, um, and then that leads into the second story of Jesus then taking—is uh, it Peter, James, and John? Yeah, up the mountain. We call it. Transfiguration. Tri- yeah. We have this scripture. Is it almost every every year? Transfiguration Sunday.
0: Yeah, we have a version of it. Uh, Matthew, Luke, or John.
1: Well, Matthew has this one right here. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where then suddenly uh, Jesus is accompanied by Moses and Elijah, the two kind of pillars of the Hebrew Bible, the primary prophets of yep. the Hebrew Bible. Yeah. Yep, and God speaks. And says, "This is my son. Listen to him." Yeah. Um, and they leave and go back down the mountain. So, first thoughts on those stories? On the scriptural scriptures, yeah. Stories? Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, honestly, I'm I'm kind of uh, tapped out on transfiguration. We preach it every year, and mm-hmm. it's it's a beautiful and powerful story. But it's it's. Um, uh, my, fa- the, my favorite interpretation or application that I've ever heard, I believe, is from Barbara Brown Taylor. And I forget exactly which gospel this happens in. But basically, the disciples um, the disciples are anxious and afraid on the one hand, because they know they're in the presence of the divine, and... Uh, on the other hand, because they're in the presence of the divine, they want to capture it for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and ministry is never something to be relegated to a few. It is always something that has to go down the mountain into the,
1: mm.
0: you know, into yeah. the hands of the many. and the. Uh, it can't be, you know even like Mary holding on to Jesus at the scene of the resurrection. No, you can't hold on to me. No, you can't make a tent for me to stay in here. I refuse to be... Held on to or clung to the, the love and grace of God must go forth.
1: The story has a weird section. That story of transfiguration, yeah, where Peter says, "I'm going to make three
0: tents for each of you." Three, sorry, yeah, dwelling places. That, what I'm talking about,
1: which is it's it's a, it's a odd section of the story.
0: Yeah, and each telling of it has that in there, so it's genuinely odd and, mm-hmm. and weird. But but it can't be held on to. And that kind of speaks into the previous story as well. You know, um, we cling to our notions of power. We mm-hmm. cling to our notions of what a Messiah should be yeah. and what a Messiah should do. And I think in this chapter, Brian does a phenomenal job of enabling us to see just how radical Peter's whiplash had to have been. You know, saying, Jesus, you're the Messiah. And Jesus saying, yeah. Yeah. And then Jesus saying, but I'm going to be tortured and conquered and killed. Yeah. He, and, then, and the whole thing is uh, very powerfully, uh, it's a very powerful reminder that whenever it comes to faith and love and grace, we can't cling. We can't cling to it ourselves, and we can't cling to our notions and our categories of how we think it's wielded and how we think we think. Uh, Jesus' power, you know, or even God's power, works in the world today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He can't cling to it.
1: He links those two stories together mm-hmm. really well, which is is a great way to read Scripture. What do you think of those stories? Well, I've always <laughs> felt for for Peter in that moment um, to, to be taken aside by Jesus and basically chastised. And to be called... Satan, I've always felt, man, he just he he had he had this this super um, uh, this this moment of just elation, of of getting the answer right, naming who Jesus was, being affirmed by Jesus, and literally he, it, it's from one extreme to the next. Just moments later, he's taken aside and and put in his place by Jesus. No. You you do not yet understand what it means. The answer you gave me, I need to reframe that answer for you. Except he's not nearly that nice about it. He's not that nice
0: about it. No. No. He puts some in his place. I've never thought of it that way. I mean I've never really the way you lift it up and the way Brian lifts it up, I've never really focused on that kind of whiplash before. That's that's a powerful point you make.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I felt for him. Um, so let's, di- let's dive into this chapter. So why is
0: this your favorite chapter so far?
1: Well, we got to make our way through it. I think... Um, let me see if I can give a cliff notes then to this. Um, so I like how he, he starts out by naming Caesari Philippi. Ca- Caesari Philippi and what that must have been like for his disciples to be in that place. That was brand new to me. Me too. Brand new to me. Oh, this is like Caesar's city. Yep, and this is where some of your ancestors were slaughtered. So he says, it's like taking... um, It's like a Jewish leader bringing his followers to Auschwitz, um, or a Japanese leader to Hiroshima, a Native American leader to Wounded Knee. So he takes them... Jesus takes them to this place and then asks this question, who do you say that I am? And so underneath that question, the disciples will naturally have this feeling of revenge. Anger. Anger, you know? Um, And so when Jesus, when Peter answers, you are the Messiah, you are going to take us out of Roman oppression. We are going to set things right. There is going to be Justice and very well, justice through violence. Absolutely, Retributed. there was
0: the expectation that it would be a physical liberation.
1: Absolutely, and so that he he lays describes that, and then um, and then in the second page names Peter's confusion. He says, um, "Do you feel Peter's confusion?" Jesus just said that Peter gets it, that Jesus is indeed the liberating king, the revolutionary leader, anointed and authorized to be the living God, by the the living God to set oppressed people free. If that's true, then the one thing Jesus cannot do is be defeated. Mm. He must conquer and capture, not be conquered and captured. He must torture and kill his enemies, not be tortured and killed by them. Yep. So Peter corrects Jesus, stop talking this nonsense. This could never happen. And then as he... <clears throat> because it hadn't ever happened, right? In the history, in the of, history of... the history
0: of creation.
1: Well, in the history of Israel, you're talking about? It hasn't, yeah. hadn't happened Yeah.
0: Well, well, no, in, in terms of the laws of physics. Oh, this kind of... I mean, you're this not going kind to of
1: conquer... Revolution, you mean? Yeah, this kind yes. of revolution. yes. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it, it's
0: not Peter's fault that he doesn't get it. Yes,
1: it's 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 a foreign concept, and it almost and it seems <laughs> impossible. How is this going to work, yeah. right? How is this going to work? Um, <clears throat> and then later on, Brian describes what this Messiah is going to do, so that. That kind, of, that kind of violence for violence, he equates to Satan. He calls it a satanic proposition, basically. He says that way of it's thinking is human, yeah. satanic. Yes. The opposite of God's plan. Since the beginning, Jesus has taught that the nonviolent will inherit the earth. Violence cannot defeat violence. Hate cannot defeat hate. Fear cannot defeat Very MLK Jr. Exactly, exactly. And I think it spoke to me because it's still so hard to wrap your head around those concepts. Like, it it will always be a challenge for me to say, yes, that is the way. Because the natural inclination is, is to use... Whatever means necessary to get justice.
0: Well, and we see it on a daily basis. Absolutely. We see our our global and national leaders literally doing exactly that on a daily basis. Absolutely. Not trying to work together, but literally trying to harm however they can the other side.
1: Whether that's physical violence, whether that's verbal violence... Whatever that violence is, we still use that on a daily basis to get what we want. Oh. So, and then it was this last piece that again I thought was fascinating, where he he brings us to the mountain and Moses and Elijah, and he says, As great as they were, they differed from Jesus in one important way. They both had engaged in violence in God's name. Mm-hmm. But in God's name, Jesus will undergo violence, and in so doing, he will overcome it. Mm -hmm. And that was why, as they came down the mountain, Jesus once again spoke of suffering, death, and resurrection. A different kind of strategy for a different kind of victory. Yeah,
0: well said. He wasn't just... Jesus wasn't just bringing a revolution. He was bringing a a redefinition of life itself.
1: Absolutely. And here's, I was going to save this for the end, but I just need to say it right now. The last, the last section of the last paragraph, um, huge circle around it. Like Peter, we might use the right words to describe Jesus, Christ, son of the living God, but we still don't understand his heart, his wisdom, his way, but that's okay Peter was still learning and so are we. Mm-hmm. After all, life with Jesus is one big field trip that we're <laughs> taking together. So let's keep walking. Is McLaren not just brilliant? Yeah. My gosh. So, and even to say that, how how often, how often all of us, I'm looking at <clears throat> myself right here, use the right words to describe Jesus. <laughs> but yeah. that only gets you so far. Instead, ultimately to claim Jesus as Messiah, son of the living God, is to willingly undergo an ongoing transformation of the heart. Yeah. and that, Perpetual. It, perpetual. That it is a journey that never stops of learning what it means to love your neighbor, love your enemy. Mm. And that's what... Jesus, I, I had never seen these two stories juxtaposed in that way. And this is like, as I said before, this is how you should read scripture. You should read stories alongside each other. They're Amen. connected so often. And Amen. how he connected these two, I thought, was
0: brilliant. Just fascinating. I'd never seen this before. Well, in the, the whole notion of field trip, I mean, he's spot on. Yeah, but yep. I mean, clearly there there was great intention. Like a lot of times. I don't know how you do, but when I read when I read scripture, it's like okay, so they went here, like okay, they're on a journey to Jerusalem. Yeah. So kind of just all right, they're just okay, they're on the next town on their way to Jerusalem. Okay, great. You know, yes. Blah, 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 blah. Yes.
1: But when you know, they say Samaria, Samaria, g- going through the region of Samaria. Yeah. Flashing lights go off.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, flashing lights have never gone off for me with Cesario, Philippi. Never. No. <laughs>
1: I mean, but
0: yeah, the the amount of.
1: How that region would automatically just cause angst and anxiety and tension and anger to rise up. And then he asked that question. It was brilliant. Mm. Brilliant.
0: Well said, brother.
1: It's a great chapter. Until then, we will see you next time. Towson Press for Facebook and Instagram. TowsonPress.org. I am Joel. You are Rob. Yeah. I got that right this time.